0: Nick! Yo! You know, that's my thing, right? I always say the name
1: of whoever is on the pod first. Yes, and you always, for some reason, whenever I'm on, start with me. You don't start with anybody else. You go straight to Nick. Let's introduce him first. Which I appreciate. I'm just over, brother.
0: Lit Nick from the ATL has been generous enough to call in and speak to us about his experience at monday night raw was it great oh
1: oh it was great there's a lot to unpack about what happened (laughs) i even brought a friend of mine who wasn't really he's new to wrestling and after that he's like dude that was great and i think he may i might have i might have gotten him into it brought
0: brought somebody into the fold Yes, yes.
1: Yes. At least for the pay per view stuff right now anyway.
0: You go first because Atlanta starts with an A.
1: Yes.
0: Cantonment is a C. Well Those who live in Pensacola P guy lives in Jacksonville. Jamil is J. So see where we're going from?
1: I if think you were on
0: at the same time with Plies, he lives in Buckhead, so that'd be a B. I feel like we're getting off track here. We are getting off track. But we'll be on track after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with RoboCop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. All right, we are back. Lit Nick, all right, if you're a first-time listener, Nick is a script writer, a script evaluator, a... What
1: is it you do exactly at the big building? I am a news assistant at CNN. I prompt, I'm freelance there. I basically work with all the news people and help them Say what they need to say about the news thing. I prompted a couple times for Wolf Blitzer while he was in Russia. And shout out to my favorite uh, anchor, uh, Michael Holmes, on International. You, you guys don't see him, but he's great. All right. So that's what you do there.
0: We've discussed the other things you do. You are more than qualified to evaluate literature, art, I- so yeah my degrees like to think so art the theater and the round is what you experienced on monday night let's go back in time you're walking towards it used to be called phillips arena is it still called phillips arena state farm state farm arena you're walking toward that tells you how old i am i used to go there in the land of giants you know what that was
1: I'm assuming not the New York Giants.
0: No man dare fly in the land of Matumbo. Oh, Kimbo Matumbo was a center for the Hawks when I used to go up there once a month and watch him play against different. And at that time, I call it the Land of Giants because at that time there were a lot of seven-foot great basketball players that I would go watch. But I'll digress. As you're walking to State Farm Arena, did you? Like were you overwhelmed by how many people were there? Was it a was, could you know that it was going to be sold out all the way?
1: Um just so y'all all know, I this is my second WWE taping I've been to in that exact same building. Um like I went to the first SmackDown run by Triple H the Friday before that SummerSlam and I remember when I went and like we were late getting in almost, and we went in, and basically we, we ran through, like, the whole like, little maze to get through the uh, scanning thing, and it, it took like two seconds to get inside. Once you had to take it out. The raw thing, we got there a couple hours early, and that thing, like, there it was wrapped around the corner. Two hours it, early? Yes. Wow. Because I... A, I, I didn't want to mess with that traffic. i felt I fought that traffic before. You don't fight that traffic. Yeah. But two, I'd forgotten that I. Okay, so Pensacola is Central Standard Time, and my brain because I used to watch Monday Night Raw with Kevin and Jared and, all, and Ray and all them. I always say, okay, Raw starts at seven o'clock, and so that's what my brain went to. Even though it said, oh, oh the show starts at 7.30. I'm like, that must be a miscalculation, because it's supposed to be at like 7. And I get there and I stand I'm standing there and I and it finally occurs to me, oh wait, I'm on Eastern Standard Time. So it's gonna be 8 o'clock. I got here several hours early for no reason. But so was everybody else. So I didn't feel so bad.
0: Everybody's there early. You get in. I I wanna say you go to the merch line.
1: Yes, that's the first place I go because I had I already known through the magic of the tweet machine that there was a an exclusive Cody Rhodes shirt that was only going to be sold that day in that arena. It's a Georgia Zone own Co- uh, American Nightmare Cody Rhodes with a little Cody Rhodes logo, which is not the devil's logo, Mom. It is, it is the logo of the American Dream, son. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare, American Nightmare. Yes, uh, he's a good guy. He's he's fighting the devil of Brock Lesnar. That's there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but that line was long. It was pff, like it was longer than the line to get in. <laughs> At the, point, the merch line there, was crazy. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I got through there. I got everything. They sold out of Bloodline hats like near the, like the second I got there, and I got in there like what. 10 minutes after, like, through the line, <laughs>
0: okay, that's fascinating. They sold out of bloodline hats, yes, and the bloodline is breaking apart, yeah, that's kind of fascinating, right?
1: And yeah, there was, yeah, those things were
0: like, did they sell out because they didn't think anybody was going to buy them, so they didn't bring a whole bunch of them, or did they sell out because the crowd was like, was thinking they may not be selling bloodline hats soon? So, we got a I- yeah. Did you I see a lot a of Bloodline
1: hats there? I like honestly, when I was passing by like some people. They were talking about Bloodline stuff. I, there was like this some um, dude talking about the Usi uh, um, promo, specifically the J thing. Where I don't give a crap what the what the Tribal Chiefs say, and it was like, oh dude, that was so. It was, and I remember I was hearing them like, wow, we we're just talking like that is a different brand. Now let's let's move
0: into. You get into the arena. I'm going to assume, and you let me know, it's a Cody house.
1: So Yeah, uh, we're going to get to that bit um, because everyone who – the most of the uh, people who came in had shirts on. There were Cody shirts on, and there were Stone Cold Steve Austin shirts on. Really? I mean, those she- were
0: the two predominant shirts there, you think?
1: Yeah. Wherever that you looked- were sitting. That and the uh, the uh, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of like, uh, who's your like? I'm your mommy. Uh, old school brutality shirts from NXT. Okay, like a bunch of those. And but every sign consistently had something regarding Cody on it. Okay. Now it says the show starts seven thirty. Yes. What was going on at seven thirty? Because it now, doesn't that- come on Raw till eight. Um, the main event, and I'll tell you what the main events were, because they were very fun, especially the first one. But, uh, before I do, I wanted to make some, a point known, which was I accidentally got seats next to the pyro. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Which meant I went deaf, but the main event, one of the main events, the first one we got was Apollo Cruz versus JD McDonough. Wow. Those yeah. two guys can work. Oh, oh yeah, that that's
0: that was a good first match. Hey, hit pause real quick. Main event, if you don't know, is a show that is on Hulu. That um, they used to it used to be on WWE Network, and it's it, I'm sure that there are versions of it on Peacock as well. So they do those tapings pre-show. Got it. Now go back into
1: it. Cruz versus McDonough. I remember distinctly because. The crowd was wild for it. Like everyone was like super into – oh, I remember what the second one was because everyone was so behind Apollo Cruz and J.D. McDonough is so good at playing like like playing up the heel in the ring that everyone knew, okay, he's the bad guy. And J. Mc... McDonough sold his butt across the ring with every shot that it was like – it was um, just great. <laughs> everyone was eating everything up that they did and see the high spots that followed up. Apollo got the win there, but it was, whew, it was fun. The second match, and I almost forgot about it, was Riddick Moss versus Akira Tozawa. Yeah, it, it wasn't as hot as uh, the first match was because, you know, we hadn't seen Riddick in so long, and, like, Riddick was supposed to be a bad guy now. Mm-hmm. So everyone was like, sort of like, do we cheer this guy, dude? Him, And then, like, what is your deal? I You don't really say much. But then when Akira Tazawa came out and started doing some of his stuff, people were like, oh, well, we like this guy. Right. We're going to root for this guy. <laughs> so it was like, and also I feel like it was like, okay, we're getting close to when Cody is here, and y'all are now in the way. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Okay, so Raw starts. You get the pyro. Tell me this, just conceptually, because I went to a RAW long, long time ago. Shawn Michaels was in the main event, mm-hmm. and I, the main thing I remember about the whole thing, the match was great, but the main thing I remember was he he was and everybody's seen him do this at some point or another. He's laid up in the corner after he wins. He kind of takes, just kind of sits down on the ground and he's laying in the in the corner. And uh, on the Titantron, as I was leaving, I saw him say. I'm too old for this. (laughs) You know, and I've seen him say that a bunch of times, especially more, most famously, probably when he and undertaker and Kane and triple H tore the pack. And Sean did the backflip onto his own head and really, some people think it's the worst match ever.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, he didn't say I'm too old. He said, we are too old. (laughs) On (laughs) that day. Yes.
0: He should have said y'all, y'all are too old for this, but Back to do this. So in that night, they would say, hey, we're coming back from commercial. There there were a lot of times that there wasn't anything going on during the commercial. And the guy who was doing the announcing was not exactly overly fun during the commercial. They might have been throwing out T-shirts or whatever. Trying to keep the crowd hype. Somebody shooting cannons into the crowd with T-shirts. But what was it like during commercials during this raw? Because I've heard great things about Samantha.
1: Samantha knew how to keep the party going. Samantha Irving. Yes, yeah, Mr. Irving knew how to keep the energy up the entire time. They like they did this also in SmackDown too, if I remember correctly. They would do do these random cam kind of things like to do in like like sports shows whenever like uh, or. If you're in a stadium, like on a basketball game, like okay, we're gonna cut to the crowd. Like, here's the kiss, here's the cam. It's like a sign cam. They had a Generation X cam where everyone was doing the, doing the chop. The matches. Could you tell when the commercials
0: were going on during the matches?
1: I could because I am familiar with the product. But if you're not familiar, you could. It's something where you just, if they didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. Okay. Because the Titantron would like go to a close up of someone, like a reaction shot, something. They'll cut back to the logo, then cut back to the ring, like in like a split second. Where and then like the match would just keep going.
0: Right. Okay. And okay. So, that, that's good. So raw starts. You get the explosions. It's it, it's an assault no, on your senses. Raw
1: starts. We are told we we are given like the whole like then now forever bit. Yeah, and everyone stands up, like. Knowing what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Because there was a chant of Cody that went on for a bit, and then this, the lights go down, and, yeah. and everyone loses their minds. And then you have the song go on, and the pyro, which is extremely loud, everyone stinging, and we had the loudest whoa on the planet. We will rival that of Wembley Stadium any day in that small little house. <laughs> right. Tried
0: and true WWE trope is the hero gets beaten up at his hometown.
1: Yeah, and I told we, my friend when I went when we went there. He, I was like, "Oh, Cody's coming hometown. Oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah, no, he's gonna get the snot kicked out of him, dog. You don't know." <laughs> so in front of his
0: mom. Brock Lesnar comes out and destroys Cody. We don't know if he snapped his arm, but they they act like he did. Was the crowd going crazy during that? Was it booze? Was it – Brock can be a little overwhelming as a physical presence where people just kind of in awe. What was going
1: on there? Um, You can kind of hear this in the background of the Raw. Everyone was booing, but mainly they were chanting for Cody, waiting for him to get his comeback that he never got. Wow, that that was the main thing. Um, like when after we cut the commercial and like uh, Brock started walking back to the back, and you also got this on Raw too, um, because you got like a while well, we were a commercial break, And you see him turn around with the chair. It's like no, I'm not done because the boobs are starting to get like a little little softer because you know, okay, it's over, and then he comes back and does it, and he's like ah, it's back up again,
0: right. <laughs> Right. Now, uh, as a general rule, do you think the performers you saw, whether it be Cody or Brock or Kevin, Sammy, those guys are obviously great at this. Rhea Ripley comes out and does a little thing with the crew. Were they great at playing to the crowd?
1: Yes, but also we were a crowd that demanded to be paid attention to. Right. Hence the Dom thing, which again is across the board when it comes to Dominic. Uh, Congrats on the NXT um, uh, North American Championship, by the way, Dom. (laughs) um, By the way, did you see the crowd after that match? I did. I saw the crowd reaction before I saw what happened because I I was working on something at the time.
0: They were so sad.
1: It's honestly a great idea, though. (laughs) It is. It's 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 a a good concept. It's funny. (laughs) Well, the other thing is, as dobbs' character,
0: right? We haven't seen him be successful much. It's always kind of even with the help of cheating, he still loses because generally he's wrestling top guys. Yeah. And so he's not going to go over Seth for the world title. But here you have him down in developmental and you overwhelm the official with three people not just two. Rhea was perfect in her role of hitting, you know, Wesley upside the head and yeah. Dom goes over, and you have people who believe NXT is for only developmental, right? And then you have people that believe Dom should have been in NXT anyway and working his way through it. So now he's in developmental, so why are we complaining?
1: That's this it, though. He,
0: he walks down there, and 13 minutes into his NXT career, he wins the belt. And he doesn't win the big belt, but he does win the workman belt. And he wins it from the guy who had worked the most.
1: Yeah, wasn't he like one of the longest, or if not the longest North American? I
0: think he has the most title defenses. Right. right, Okay. Tell me this. It's it's, it's the Ria show. Were there low moments?
1: Weirdly, we kept the same energy most of the time. Immediately after the beatdown of Cody, we got Gunther versus Riddle, which knew how to, okay, we're slowing it down first, and then we're going to, like, jack it back up again. The lowest, I think, was uh, the match between Shinsuke and Bronson Reed is when we started to get burnt out a little bit. Other than that, like, the energy just kept, sh- like, they, every, they found a way to keep it at a high level whether that be us just wanting to be loud and have fun or just them making sure that we had fun. Cause that's interesting.
0: Maybe.
1: Um, Gunther. That's at the end of the, at the, well, not to spoil well, the very end of the show, uh, the very end of the show, like after the cameras cut off, like Sammy and like Seth and Kevin were in the ring and they're like, I think Sammy was the one who, who made the mention of like, y'all have been a very lively crowd tonight. So thank you for that. <laughs>
0: right. Just, right. Tell, like, tell me this. Gunther, Riddle, two guys, hard hitters. Gunther is an overwhelming
1: presence live. Oh, yeah. Like, if I was, my friend, as soon as he saw him, was like, that is, dude, huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was one shop that, like, like you know, Gunther's shops, Walter's shops, whatever you want to call them, famously loud famously sounds like a gunshot and I was waiting for it and then there was one thing the loudest chop of the night was actually one that uh riddle got on Walter with his leg because yeah. that one sounded like an old school gunshot it was like it's like whoa
0: hey whoa right <laughs> just... right so that, that was this good was what was the crowd reaction to Raquel Gonzalez?
1: Uh, in general, just in general, they they were fans of her. they were more fans of live, but they were they were they, they liked her. Uh-huh. Okay,
0: okay, because I'm I'm wondering how certain things play out live, because I know what I hear about people and see online, and it can be different what's online and what's happening in the houses, which is why people that go, I don't understand why the WWE keeps doing this. The, the live you shows.
1: Don't until you're there. You don't know until you're there.
0: Right, right. Now, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green go
1: over. Was there a pop for that or? No, no. Like it went online. Everyone was like super into it. And like everyone in the crowd was like, like, oh, these guys, not these guys. No, to be fair. Sonya has earned it. She's been in the company long enough without a belt. She has earned it for sure. But it, I think it was just this thought but I remember like I was the guy to my right was like, see this, the reason why they're doing this though is because they're setting up Raquel versus it's like the I had a smart guy to my right to my yeah, this side of me thing, like, this is setting up a Raquel versus Rhea, you know, though so this is all fine, is all, it's all it's kosher, it's all Gucci. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, I whatever. said the same thing. <laughs> I um, I
0: said the same thing. I I said you know, Liv will probably wind up getting Ripley, on like a, a, on a Monday night or something, and the beatdown that Liv takes will turn into Raquel, back from knee injury, SummerSlam, Ripley.
1: That's what makes sense to me. And it's a thing where like, in the moment, you're like, oh, this is a weird, random, like change of a belt. And because it felt like, okay, these two didn't have a rain at all. They lasted, like, two minutes. Like, I mean, they had a longer rain beforehand. But then when you see the whole show as, like, a whole, as a full episode, you're like, oh, that's why we did that. Because we're setting up for this thing at the end of the episode, while also setting this up for future episodes for Sonya and Chelsea, so that we have a bad guy for the hero, chase further on down. And they're like, oh, now I get it.
0: And also, Sonya and Chelsea are... are also they're entertaining anyway they are so I'm, very good. there's there's worse things that can happen than to have because they don't they don't put it's not aew and i don't want to insult anybody when i say that but the women's tag division, even the men's tag division up until this year didn't get put on the same pedestal that the men's championships get put on and the women's overall championship gets put on. So having that belt onto people that can make it interesting, even if they're not the best wrestlers, can create people wanting to see that segment when hopefully that belt gets elevated in kind of a counterintuitive way, if that makes sense. Because the segments start to matter because they're funny or they're irritating or, or something like that. And then when the baby faces do go over them, now you have somebody with a platform that can run with it a little bit. And Chelsea can do that in a way, and Sonya is really good at making people hate her too. So this can work if they'll, if they'll do it. Now, will they put the time in? That's always been the trick with that. You know, as soon as Ronda said, you you know, Ronda was able to do whatever she wanted on and off screen, and they always kept pushing her towards us. As soon as Ronda said they don't respect the women's tag team division enough, they decided they're probably going to let her contract run out. So we'll see how that works. Now let's get to uh, the
1: Viking match. Was that crazy? That one was like... If I'm trying to think about the three biggest like audience reactions of the night, the that was a, that one was actually one of them, from what I recall. Just the way, like I, for one, it was weird seeing them set up a bunch of random Nordic things around the ring, including like a little boat thing in front of the ring, and I, I was like, "What is happening?" Completely
0: over the top, WWE.
1: Yeah, full for sure. It's it's like over the top ridiculousness, but then the thought was like, okay, so what are our Viking rules? What what are the? And then they immediately set it off off the jump of like, okay, they're pinning him to the mat like as like a fall counts anywhere type thing. Okay, so it's a no DQ falls count anywhere. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And the, from there you kind of figure out what the dealio is. Um, but there were a lot. The audience was very into Alpha Academy the entire time, and then Viking Raiders know how to, like, get a pop out of the audience because they're insane in terms of just sheer athleticism with their size. Big pop for, like, the the Letterman jacket bit around the end. Everyone was really happy Maxine got her jacket back, and then immediately she got speared through the table immediately <laughs> <laughs> oh no no they're gonna lose and everyone was sad about that but it's like you know yeah I get it it's the Vikings yeah they're gonna win but I feel like if Alpha Academy somehow pulled it out there would have been a very loud reaction to that <laughs> right. did like that like we were building to that. crowd yeah. loves Otis oh yeah they, okay. don't, no, they don't really love Otis. They love Maxine, and they love Chad Gable. Yeah, And they love it when he, when he did the whole, when he Germaned that one guy, just without seemingly effortlessly. just Yeah, he's a wrestling machine.
0: The segment on the Titan Tron with Seth and Finn, was their crowd reaction to that? Did they seem interested, or did the fact that it was on the television set bother
1: them? A big pop for Seth Rollins when he showed up on screen, big boo for Finn when he showed up. But I think at the end of the day, like, we were really... As a TV show segment, it's great. Because, like, it's very quiet. It's very much giving a real deep focus on Finn and Seth's relationship. You're in the crowd, you're sitting there, and a lot of people were were quiet because they're trying to listen, but also it was like, are we... It, like they're also trying to get on to get chance going and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but what is he saying? I don't know what he's saying.
0: <laughs> right, because they're a live crowd. They're trying to have fun.
1: Yeah, so there. Is, so it was a mixed bag on that front. But I, generally, they got like whenever Finn came back with a chair, because they at least got the last bit of where Seth said like get out of my face and, and such. And then Finn left, and they were like, oh. I remember to the guy next to me, like, oh, I guess he's leaving. Well, I guess that went out well. And then he immediately threw a chair, like, oh, never mind, there we go. And Tur- the crowd got back into it again.
0: <laughs> Turns out there were more than two chairs in the room. Yeah. 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 I'm glad Seth got his hand up. But anyway, okay, so we get into the main event. We've got the judgment day there. Seth attacks before, pre-match, right? And
1: did they go crazy for that? Yes. They As soon as he jumped through the rope, they were like, ah! Uh, just immediately just gets spinning, drags him out of there. And then immediately the bell rings and it just starts at 90 miles an hour. Like, okay, we're doing this.
0: Hey, a great
1: way to start a fight is with a fight.
0: That is true. It's really a good, like, precursor to it. So the match is off the chain. I thought, you thought?
1: I've seen very few... Wrestling matches live myself, but that one will stick out in my mind as the one I've never seen a crowd go that nuts consistently. Kevin. Like whenever there was a small lull, someone found something to chant. The guy next to me start was trying desperately to chant something, but he couldn't get it going. But he got three other ones started. <laughs> he, <laughs> I was like, my man, like he, he was trying to get what was it? He's trying to get an UC chant started. Never got off the ground. But right. he got a Let's go, Sammy. He got a He got a Dom like Dom. You suck. Chant started, but he could not get that Uzi one. I remember turning him like dog. I don't think it's happening.
0: When you're watching, Kevin Owens gets a reaction that's a little different than everybody else. Live like he's. People get ratcheted up when he's performing.
1: Yeah. When he did the, uh... He did two things that got a big pop out of the audience. I mean, there was a hot tag to him, I believe. The hot tag, but yeah. After that, he did, like, the, you know, the Shawn Michaels chop, then did, like, the, I'll put him up, put him up kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that got a pop out of the audience. And the other thing was when he did the, uh... Latino heat uh, frog splash onto Dominic, onto the ground. When
0: when Sammy gets it rolling, they get crazy as well, I assume.
1: Yes. Every time Dom is in the ring, and every time those two are in the ring, there were huge reactions throughout the crowd. Tell me this. Was Dom's heat
0: during the match nuclear like it is when he
1: tries to grab a mic? It is n- close. It's ba- it basically neck and neck. I would say, like, when he's trying to talk, everyone wants to boo louder. But everyone had the same energy going forward. But it wasn't like a oh, dude, get off kind of heat, you know, like a go-home heat, like the name of the show. Right. It's more like, nah, get him out of here. <laughs> like, like, everyone was, felt like they were in on it. Everyone was like, nah. You feel like
0: what they're doing with Dom is working.
1: I think what they're doing with Dom is what they wanted Bar- our, our poor loving boy Baron Corbin to have, which is like Baron Corbin had heat, but he did But it was a different kind of heat than what I feel like Dom has because Dom's heat is fun because Dominic is a fun heel, whereas Baron Corbin was trying to be a very stoic kind of heel. If right. that makes any right. And I, again, coming from the number one Baron Corbin fan. Right. right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I get that. Now let's move into Damien Priest as a performer is unique. Did you enjoy his performance? Did he did you you get what I'm talking about? He's long, he's athletic, he's very strong. Yeah. He to yeah, me he, he
1: looks like a world champion. For sure. I would agree with that. He's huge and intimidating. And everyone was uh, I mean, he was able to kind of leech off of Dom's... You can hear it in, like, the first, um... In the Raw, if you watch the opening segment with them. Where, like, they people cheer for Rhea, they cheer for Finn, and they kind of cheer for Damien, too. And then Dom starts talking, everyone boos him. And then the instant, like, I don't know why, Damien just sort of saw a moment, and he was like, y'all can boo him all you want, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And and then he, because he's like he's gonna be a champion because of that everyone started to boo him by extension and then he started to get some of that he'd kind of wafted on to him right which kind of out oh, for their benefit especially towards that last match because everyone really loved Sammy and Kevin and so anyone against them was like no we're gonna we're gonna hate this guy <laughs> we're gonna hate whoever this is. right I don't even know why like what if we like Damien said what if you put those tag tiles on the line. I don't know why we all said yes. I was like... I kind of went along with it, but I'm like... But, but lots of I'm like, why do we want this? What, like, this is dangerous, gang. If we give... Dom- we can't give Dominic the tag titles here. <laughs> we, would, we would burn the place to the ground. Yes, we can't do that.
0: But the live crowd always wants a title match. They do. And it's always they tricky, do. too, because... People sometimes will get confused when they see a live crowd pop for a title change and think, oh, the crowd is really for the heel for some reason or it's against the face. No, the crowd is changing a historic... The crowd is cheering a historic moment, not the performer necessarily. You know, when the title changes hands sometimes, like you've seen people cashing, heels cashing money in the bank and they're still heels after it's over. It's just... Holy cow, we just saw some something. Crazy. Like, with Seth cashed in at, at um, WrestleMania? WrestleMania, right. Everybody went nuts. Everybody, they didn't have 90,000 Seth Rollins fans. Those people all cheered when he lost to, Kev, to uh, Randy Orton earlier in the day. This was a crazy historic moment. That's why people cheered. And then, mm. you, you know, but when you got to Monday, they were still mad because he's still in the authority. He's still, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, but anyway, okay. So tell me this: best wrestling show you've been to so far? I know you've done a SmackDown, a couple house shows.
1: I, this is probably the best one I've been to because I, and as my kind of way to gauge it, uh, Connor, who was next to me, started off kind of like trying to trying to get into. He's like, "I'm humoring this." By the end, he was really into the booing and the cheering of everything. Right. Uh, it, yeah. It, That crowd was something else, and that main event, especially, like, you can hear it at the very end of that last match when Kevin and, like, when Liv came out to stop, like, Rhea from interfering, crowd went, like, from that point to the end, like, everyone was just on their feet, just, like, screaming. (laughs) You're right,
0: too. Even when you're watching it on TV, when Liv attacks, the momentum of the match... Not only as who's probably going to win, but the temperature in the room, the pace of which everything was going to happen, leaped. And when she, when they went over the railing or whatever, off the charts excitement for you at the house, for you in the arena, it had to be ape, just uh, ape shit. You know what I
1: mean? Was it? Oh, yeah. it was, it was bananas. <laughs> it was insane. Right. And then and the like, oh, he's gonna do the, he's gonna do the hell of a kick, and then. Immediately gets to the top of and everyone's like, no! And then Kevin goes like, yeah! up, <laughs> yeah! Yeah, yeah. Uh, they did it yeah. great because,
0: exactly like you said, you got the no! Yeah! No, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they just when you think <laughs> you've got <laughs> it for sure, they, they, then you think, oh no, they're gonna take it away from me. And then you go, oh yes, hero. Now, then you wind up with your world champion and your tag team champions in the ring together telling you all good night.
1: Yeah, Seth comes back out. At, like After the show ends, Finn comes back and they start to jump uh, the tag team champions. And then Seth comes out with his pyro and the three of them knock Judgment Day back and out of there. And then it's Seth, uh, Kevin, and Sammy in the ring there saying, like, y'all have been a very lively crowd um, and then Sammy just invents a song for Kevin because Kevin doesn't have one that they chant to because Sammy has the Olay thing that has his choir. And so he, so he just made one up, and you can find it online of just people like get, trying to get into this like new song for Kevin. It was nice. It was a fun bit.
0: Okay, good deal. Good deal. Now, did you hear what you said? All these people were talking about the bloodline. Did you hear Logan Paul's show, Seth went on? had some they start his quotes are starting to make the rounds uh they asked him about roman he said and i, I this is you being the t- being a person who writes and who follows television streaming platforms movies i want to get your take on what he said because i've said it myself roman reigns were going on multiple years of telling one story. And he said, nobody is doing that, period. Not in episodic television. He said, Game of Thrones tells you one round of stories in 10 episodes. He's done it every week for multiple years and people are still interested and it is unique to the platform. I
1: think that what makes Roman reign <laughs> is interesting as it does is because it's counterintuitive to what a lot of people assume wrestling is because the thing that people tune into for SmackDown are less the wrestling and more the talking bits. People are, they want to see the trial of the tribal chief. They want to see the trial of Sammy's age. They want to see the fallout of the Civil War. And, they're, like, if, if you chart the entirety of the Roman Reigns thing, there are ups and downs with it. Because it does feel like there you can kind of tell where it's like, okay, so we're kind of hanging on a little bit to kind of extend the reign. But here's another, like, uh, thing. But it still is, like, even when, like, the down points happen, like, like okay, but we're building up again to something new. And by that, at the down points, I mean, like, oh, you think we're building this to be the end, but no, it's not. And everyone's like, the biggest issue that I think people have had with the Roman um, reign, as it is, and I think we mentioned this briefly at the WrestleMania Night 2 thing, was that if at a point it feels like the Roman matches are starting to become the same, uh, where it's like, oh, and then a ref bump, and then the bloodline interferes, and then the NWO, you know? <laughs> Right. Uh, But at Money in the Bank, finally, they changed. Like, everyone was like, it's a match where you're there for the last five minutes of it. I mean, the whole match itself is its own thing. It's good. It's very good, very good. No complaints. Um, Some will say it's slow. I say it's building. You finally have changes to the very end. You have the throwback to the WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan ryan danielson an edge where he stacks and those of them and pins them but now they kick out you have the thing from the n- note to like knight of Champions stuff with the with the crotch shot what is and then there's like your call back and like oh it's happening and you start to see like solo tries to do the thing like classic castle it like gets knocked down like you see all these turns and turns and turns so now we're getting towards the end game of it so when you look at it from this perspective it's like now it's starting to become something new. Now it's like it feels like when a show – like it starts up very strong and it's sort of like – we're clearly you're still in the setup phases on 2, 3, and 4. And then 5 just goes to six. it's The best way I can compare it to is Breaking Bad where you're like, oh, this is really good. And then se- seasons 2, 3, and 4 are very good. But you're like, OK, we're ratcheting up to something. And then season 5 happens. You're like, what is going on? Everything is going insane. And you're just watching like so, uh, someone's empire collapse around them, and you're just seeing just like the drama of it all. Right. Which I think, when you said it off the jump about in the round, there is a. I'm gonna get made fun of for this. I don't care. There. I mean, it's pulling from Shakespearean stuff. I hate to be the guy. This is. This is watching his empire fall. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Tell me, you know, you brought up Breaking Bad. Let's say yeah. it's how many seasons was that?
1: Uh, f- technically five and a half, but really five. Okay, so that let's say that's sixty episodes.
0: I don't know how many it is, but let's say it's sixty episodes. And about that's a little
1: over one year. I mean, it took it took place over. I mean, if you watch. All those episodes back to back to back to back to back. The whole show, as a whole, takes place over two years or over one year, but the actual show itself took around six years to finish.
0: Correct. But my point is, that's one year of Roman storytelling, episodic, weekly oh, yeah, I mean, television
1: we're like that. Yes,
0: because it, it is, and yes. pay per views. So you have to include that too, right? So he's not just giving you what is it, fifty two? He's not just giving you fifty two episodes. He's giving you twelve more he's doing the pay-per-views at least most of them
1: it's also paced very differently because rather than it being like a whole 60 minutes of showing this episode he gets like like out of a two-hour show or three-hour show like about 30 minutes of that show so really it's 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes so it's roughly yeah it's roughly it's yeah it's fascinating that he's been Maybe. able to keep
0: it up. Here's another thing that, that I think is fascinating about it. Roman has made heroes of all those around him now. Only Solo is not a hero. Paul was Paul. They're, to yeah. me, Roman and Paul are the same thing because they're mm-hmm. kind of a collective. But the people he's brought into the story, they are all heroes that are all capable. Now, the other thing that Seth said that I thought was fascinating in that aspect was he said, Roman has created a platform. He's not created, but he has brought the platform to a level due to COVID. Like it all happens because of COVID. They couldn't have yeah. flipped Roman with live audiences. They wouldn't even thought of it is what Seth is saying. But because of COVID, they were able to do this and you were able to work on the intricacies of the character because you were basically filming in front of in a warehouse without people.
1: And, and you said, were allowed to be, have quiet moments that you're not allowed to have really in a live show. Right.
0: But the interesting thing, too, if we go back to what you were saying about the Seth segment backstage, is I don't think it's SmackDown shows when they cut to Roman in his locker room. Like you said, the most important parts of SmackDown sometimes are him talking to Paul by himself in the locker room. Or his dressing room with all the waters behind him and all that. Those parts of the show, you're not going to chant through because that tells you where the show is going. Not only for the finish of the show, because he's getting three segments, right? One in the ring, two or three backstage, uh, and of course, whatever happens at the end of the show. Roman captivating you with the quiet moments, which is something he learned how to do through COVID. COVID. When you could do the quiet moments and he could talk to the camera during matches or during, you know, those type of things, which I think is, is really neat and fascinating. The other thing Seth was saying was that Roman has ra- raised the platform of the WWE champion, the universal champion. More people are paying attention to that person. You know, he's he got what, three million watches a week ago or something for what, what he uh, for two weeks ago for what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. on YouTube. No, not on YouTube, straight up on the show, on Fox. They got 3 million watches for the last 15 minutes or something, right? They, right. They, they, they increased agree. like 800,000 views. So here's the point. Whoever takes that mantle is what Seth was talking about. Whomever takes that mantle has got the biggest platform anybody has had to jumpstart with since like the Austin era. Now, not as many people watch now as watched when Cena took over, but there was, it's just different to me. This is the moment when he hands it over, somebody needs to take it to another level up. You were in Cody's hometown. You saw Cody's beat down, You follow Cody. You, you, you're just like the rest of us. Is Cody that guy? To try, would you be, would you say Cody's, because I I I love, you know, the biggest Seth Rollins mark in the world is me. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think if he went over there, and I think Jay could take the title, but I don't know that Jay could take the title to new heights.
1: That's the thing. Story-wise, Jay's the guy to do it. But if you're talking about it from, like, a sheer wrestling standpoint of who can, who can make the title matter and who can move the title around and has, like, who could be the, like, perfect person to also elevate the title, that's Cody. But that being said, I think, like, I feel like the, the reason why they're making Cody go to this gauntlet with Brock is to prove himself to the people who doubted Cody of the WWE loyalists kind of thing. Like, oh, you just got him from AEW, so you're just putting that on him now. And now you want him to finish the story that was never his. like to But that being said, I'm torn because I genuinely think Jay is the guy to do it. To be the one to finally... Uh, he was the guy who finally pinned him. I think that might be why they did that at Money in the Bank. Because now Jay was the first guy to pin him kind of giving him that chance to uh, essentially finish that off of his his own storyline. And then you can bring in Cody to be the one to beat him at Mania or such.
0: Right. Jay was the chink in the armor. Then if if Roman goes over Jay at at, uh, SummerSlam, then we all can wonder, oh, God, we're starting over. Roman's never going to lose this. And then you have Roman go over some people strong on your way to mania. And then Cody winds up somehow working his way into that match and taking it from him.
1: What I think might end up happening is he like, hear me out here. What the story could be is Roman fighting every other member of the bloodline until mania. Right. Right. You have Jay for this. Then on another pay-per-view, you have him versus Jimmy. Then you finally have Solo try to take him on. And then when, that way, when Roman goes up against Cody for a second time, it's him by himself with maybe Paul. Or maybe Paul runs away and abandons him, too. Right. He jumps off from the relevancy when he sees it sinking. Right. They're leaving Roman completely alone. If you want to go full Shakespearean. Right.
0: Um, right. Well, you could do that. With Solo, you could have Paul when he sees Roman can't do it go to Solo and become Solo's manager alone. Mm -hmm. And you you get where I'm coming from?
1: I don't know if they'll
0: do that like pre Roman losing the belt, but I could definitely see post Roman losing the belt, Paul choosing Solo. He's so much more formidable if he's got Paul with him going forward. Hey, man, this has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Wonderful. You You have a great day. Appreciate you, brother, and we'll talk to you again soon. Check out our friends at the Ginn Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. You can hear us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, your iPhones, your uh what else? Android. Bullhorn. You can signal. Podbeans is our platform in which we launch these things from. You can always pull us up there. You could do your own thing just like this off of their platform if you would like. Like, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter, get up, talk to us about wrestling, me specifically on the Twitter machine, and folks. Ray,
1: a uh, Nick. Yes, man, my name's Nick. Nick. You seem forgotten. I've been gone for so long. I guess on some point I need to go home.
0: Boom.